0: Hey, Mike. Hello, fellas. Everybody's here. Freddy, Tom. Good to see you, Mike. How are you, Mo? All right. You got everything you want? The chef cooked for you special, the dancers will kick your tongue out, and your credit is good. Draw a chip everybody in the room so they can play in the house. Yeah. My credit good enough to buy you out? <laughs> buy me out? A casino. the hotel. Corleone family wants to buy you out. The family wants to buy me out. No, I buy you out. You don't buy me out. Your casino loses money. Maybe we can do better. You think I'm skimming off the top, Mike? You're unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn guineas really make me laugh. I do you a favor and take Freddie in when you're having a bad time, and then you try to push me out. Wait a minute. You took Freddie in because the Corleone family bankrolled your casino because the Molinari family on the coast guaranteed his safety. Now, we're talking business. Let's talk business. Yeah, let's talk business, mate. First of all, you're all done. The Corleone family don't even have that kind of muscle anymore. The godfather is sick, right? You're getting chased out of New York by Barzini and the other families. What do you think is going on here? You think he can come to my hotel and take over? I talked to Barzini. I can make a deal with him and still keep my hotel. Is that why you slap my brother around in public? Oh, no, that, that, that was nothing, Mike. Now, no, uh, no, Moe didn't mean nothing by that. Sure, he flies off the handle once in a while, but, but Mo and me were good friends, right, Mo? huh? I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometimes to make a run right. We had a little argument, Freddie and I, so I had to straighten him out. You straightened my brother out. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Players couldn't get a drink at the table. What's wrong with you? I leave for New York tomorrow. To think about a price. Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. Wait a minute, Mo. Mo, oh, I got an idea. Tom? Tom, you're the conciliary, and you can talk to the Don, you can explain... Just a minute, then. Don is semi-retired, and Mike is in charge of the family business now. You have anything to say, say it to Mike. Mike, you don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Moe Green like that! Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Ever. Ever. <laughs> The 100th episode has come and gone. Now it's time for a new chapter in the Just Gal Podcast Chronicles. When we started this journey together, we were just babes in the woods. Now we're just infants on the highway. I really have no idea what that means either, but it made sense at the time. Regardless, an all-new Dave Just Gal Podcast starts right now! What?! Well, good times were had by all on the last podcast at uh, the lovely Tommy Bahamas for the 100th episode. I think that was a fun way to celebrate the the 100th, just, you know, at a nice restaurant. You hear bustling and rustling. You know, I was thinking when I was listening to it back, you hear, you know, plates and people talking stuff. <laughs> I really could have just done it at my house and just played a soundtrack of plates and bustling. <laughs> but, you know, uh, that would be weird. And, uh, you know, the fun of being somewhere exciting like uh, a restaurant is because you're there and you're explaining and you're trying to tell the story with your words on what's happening. I'm not very good at that, but it still was an exciting time and people were coming and going. And I liked the uh, the people I had there and I felt very comfortable with them. And I just had a really good time. I hope you guys did, too. I thought it was a really fun podcast and... um, I would definitely do it again there soon. I do enjoy doing the remotes you know I mean it's um it's a lot of fun well anyway let's uh as we said, we're going into a new chapter of the uh so the hundred and first the hundred and second the hundred and third everything that comes after a hundred still gonna go until well i I, I guess until. I guess until I feel like stopping or, or somebody pays us, which we'd still do some, you know, maybe we could be like Artie and do, you know, for a day or for a week or something. I mean, I've always wanted my own radio show, although doing this once a week is quite difficult. But I do have a regular job, so, you know, but that's where I put it together. <laughs> How you doing? Mm. Uh very hot day here in the city and it's uh, sad you know I just got home right it's like 6 30 at night it's twilight but it's kind of already dark and you know by um in a couple of weeks it's going to be dark by 4 30 5 o'clock and that is where it gets a little depressing depressing in the sense you know when you leave your work and it's dark it just sucks you realize you've just missed all this daylight and all you do is you go to work in the dark you come home in the dark it's very depressing and you know what affects me, or lately it has. I don't know why. Um, it just does. And I'm getting a little nervous. I'm getting a little nervous. It's really going to affect me, and, and I'm going to get very depressed. But for now, especially like when I'm doing the podcast, you know, I do it. I told you I do it in my bedroom so I can look out the window. But now I'm just looking, and, you know, it's dark. I got to put my bedroom light on. I never have my bedroom light on. always the bedroom you should light, you should never ever have the bedroom light on in your bedroom. It's for sleeping. I mean, you can hang out in here, but different kind of like I have the hallway light. I usually don't need the bedroom light, you know, but I got to see my papers. I got to I got to look at the timing on the uh, the recorder. Yeah, I got to see stuff. I don't see so good no more. So I got to I gotta see stuff. I don't need glasses to see, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still when it's dark. Well, he needs a light here, but still that ruins it, too. And I wonder what the people from other buildings, I guess they see me doing They're like oh, hey, that guy's doing a radio show. Girls are straight. How you doing? You know, I can look right in, look right into the hotel right, right next door to my building. Always different people there doing whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, tired today, coming off the second football show with Dave and Artie and Lenny. I scribbled his name at the bottom whenever we do the show. Uh, another football show. I, 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 I think it was a success. Uh, how do you judge success in, in this particular case? It's not like the Godfather where it's sold out, uh, where you're getting the last. It's a very, very different kind of show, which makes it nerve-wracking for, well, me, mostly. Um, I have the most to lose, I suppose. And I mean, I don't know what. I mean, I suppose financially. or um, I, I don't think I can lose any points in my career since it, it's really, there's nothing happening. But... Um, you know, there's probably only another 40 people there again. That's what was there last time, which is fine. But we seem to reach on Facebook. You know, we record it live on Facebook, which you can uh, tune in, see it, and ask comments. Uh, 100,000 people, which is good and I think turning a couple of heads Um, because I was able through the super hot girl, Sophia, who works on the show with us with the British accent, Um. She, I, she was able to get me a sponsor, Ely Coffee, and the guy came and he bought like 10 cases of the espresso coffee cans uh, for everybody on their way out and the staff. And then I bought three cases over to the seller so they could have it. And, it, you know, it makes me look cool. It's also cool. And I, I hope the guy liked the show enough where he maybe wants to do some sort of business. So we get a sponsor and then everybody can get paid and we'll have a good time. And the show was really fun. I mean, I think, like I said, if you're talking about successful uh, audience wise, uh, financially for me or something, not good because I still pay people and I'm not making any money on it. But I feel horrible if I don't pay Artie and Lenny, uh, Memo for, I mean, he does a lot of work. Um, the sound guy, that girl Sophia who's done nothing. I mean, I, I haven't paid her enough. Um, and I'm just talking about 20 or 50 bucks. But still, it just comes out of my pocket and yeah, I get the door, but that's only 200 bucks. So, hopefully i'll break it i hope i get 200 bucks a time that way i break even a little bit um you know so you I mean he'd hate to lose money at a venture but perhaps in the long run to work out after we left the stage already goes you know you should think about doing this on netflix or something i thought he was kidding but he goes why and i'm like that's not a bad idea i mean if we next you know it's all kind of an experiment for next year when maybe we would do it once a week um I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't think it's the show I envision because I have a feeling that all I want to do is actually do a very serious football show and make picks with us. No funny or no laughs. But thank God for Artie Lang because he single-handedly saves every live show. And if that's the way the show's going to be, well, think. you know, if he's not on, I don't know what happens. If he can't make it one day, I'm not sure how great the show will be. Uh, I I don't know if I can rise to the occasion and be that funny. I I don't think I can. Uh, My job on this show is to basically be the host and move it along. And, you know, try not to get uh, swept up. And, and, you know, try, no, Artie, if he's on a roll, let him go. But we also have to get to other things. And we have to be out at a certain time. So, uh Artie's just amazing, and he was on fire yesterday. The audience loved it. The the audience that was there thought it was great. I mean, really got very positive feedback. Where, you know, I didn't. I, I can usually tell when people are like, like that Second Godfather, where I wasn't happy. People are like it was great, it was great, but I I could tell something was off. Uh, this one, I I really felt that they were sincere about the positive feedback um, online. Apparently, very positive feedback. Um, here's a funny part though. We had that hot British girl on. And she was reading comments, you know, so we could report back live. So she's on the phone. And so for my sister was watching. And she was the one who told me later. She goes, you yeah, know, why is that British girl on her phone? But she was on the phone because that's where the broadcast was coming from. And she was reading comments. So she's reading comments and already goes, listen, don't just don't give me any negative ones. And I can't blame her for that. And I, I don't want to hear any negative ones either, quite frankly. And I'm like, can you just give us some comments And she's going through? And I realized later after I talked to the people that run the show that the kicker, they were like, well, there were some. Negative. I'm like, well, what were they? And they and they kept being very tight lipped about it. But what they were saying was there were very negative comments about Artie. I think the ones he's used to obviously weight stuff, stuff like that, stuff where I, can you blame him if he didn't want to hear horrible comments? Um, you know, everybody's a bully on Twitter. And. Uh, so it's when she's scrolling through. I'm like, "Come on, say one!" But she was scrolling to find. I'm I'm looking for good comments. You know, like apparently there were so many negative ones. She had to like scroll through. You can see it if you see it live. Uh, doing the best she can. She is a real pro. She's a pleasure to have around, and I don't think she can make the November 30th show, which is already stressing me. Mike Biscegni canceled yesterday. I mean, I had this great bit planned where we were going to get Mike Bichetti on stage. And just basically say, this guy, we don't know what he knows. Uh, so here's the question. And the audience has to decide whether he's going to get it right or not. So we go, Mike, where do the Bengals play? And then you can, you know, the audience will be like, I think he'll know. I think, I think, you know, Howard Stern used to do this and stuff. But I wasn't even thinking of Howard. I was just, I just enjoy quizzing him on normal stuff. Uh, you know, Mike, why did Tom Brady get suspended? That kind of stuff. You know, see if he knows. Because uh, he's just funny and, you know, retarded. Um, but in a good way, which we call him a retard because we knew him years ago before that Asperger's uh, word was out there, which he probably has. Let's just say he's on the spectrum. So, um, but he he called in sick. You know, I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I think he he went, he might have gone to the ER. I don't think he was joking. I think he thought he had appendicitis or something. He pulled something while trying to exercise. Can you fucking imagine? But he had plenty of time to do Kevin Brennan's podcast the day before, which the one Lenny left. And that's a bummer that I can't have Kevin on the show because Kevin and Lenny can't get along when you can't blame them. And that's the funny thing, you know, I was thinking. I can see why Lenny uh, left. Lenny, I don't know what you're expecting if you're on a podcast with Kevin Brennan. Kevin Brennan is like Artie with me, just constantly giving you shit. Constantly giving you shit. But Artie's is coming from, let's make this funny. I'm going to give Jusk nonstop shit because I know what's going to make it funny. And then Artie always texts and apologizes. And he doesn't even need to do that at this point. I know he's joking. And he, he's somewhat joking, somewhat not joking. But it's all right. The crowd fucking loves it. So I love it. Um, you know, my name's on the show too. So as long as the show is good and he wants to make fun, I mean, that, that's perfect. Um, like we, you know, I, I put out more slides this time because Artie always makes fun of the slides. So I had slides from, you know, my weekend, the tailgate, a wedding I went to, all that kind of stuff. I had slides up there. And then uh, there was Lenny took a whole bunch of slides from the giant stadium uh, on Sunday. Like he had his camera, you know, he works there, Lenny Marcus, and he took a whole bunch of very prestigious pictures, uh, like of Eli Man close up, Odell Beckham catching a ball in practice. It was really great. And uh, then, of course, at the stadium empty with just the final score, and he goes, "Oh, that's uh, the stadium after Just Guys last performance." <laughs> so, um, big last. And it was really fun and really funny. I always think it's not working, but then when we came off, everybody goes, that was great, that was great. So, you know, when you're up there, every comic thinks it's not working. Um, So you're never sure. I mean, if you're, you know, the only people that are, God, like, you know, that was great, are are idiots. Um, If you're really genuinely funny, I I think you just always think it sucks because, you know, you always want to do it better. You always want to rethink. And most of the kids, like, you know, I talk about it with, with Sarah or, or Chris Murphy or Artie. You know, we talk about, I mean, you know, as old as it sounds, the young kids coming up today, and all of them are so not like us. What I just mentioned, you know, Atel, Artie, Sarah, Louie, all these people that we talk to about up and coming kids, they're not like us. They have uber confidence. They're like, my act is great. We were all like, all right, John Stewart. All of us were like, our act sucks, our act sucks. And these guys were the greatest and are the greatest. They're the best comedians, you know, maybe ever, a lot of them, uh, you know, as time will uh, go by. Um, You know, I mean, it tells up there with with Cosby and, well, but, you know, uh, he could be up there with Richard Pryor and George He'd be, he's up there with the greats. And at this point, Sauron, you know, is up there with that, too, in many ways, a different kind of comedy or whatever. But, you know, they're always like, I don't know. Was that good? Was that good? You know, you're second guessing where people who are 22 that, you know, this kid I know, you know, he just got out of college. He's like, yeah, my set's great. I'm ready for Letterman. We never felt that way. Um, I don't know whether that's good or bad. I can't really figure it out. It's just annoying for us because, you know, you just, you know, why is everybody so good? I guess the way that generation has been brought up is like, uh, nobody's better than anybody else, and everybody's the same. You know, I mean, that's what you're talking about. Say everybody gets a trophy for, for doing well. And, and they don't even give out F's at school anymore. They give E's now. Because they're like, oh, we don't want people to feel bad. Well, fuck you. There's your F. All I got was F's. Somebody didn't mind making me feel bad. So many F's. So horrible. I was a horrible student. I'm an idiot. I know I'm not smart. I don't care what my parents say. No, he, you're very smart. You're just, I might be smart in different ways, and I'm not exactly what those shirts are, but you know where I'm not smart is I can't concentrate. I can't focus, and that makes me not smart. So let, let's let say, uh, um, you know, like uh, putting The Godfather together is, is, is smart. That's like a smart idea. You're writing the script. It's like, okay, I have to put everything I have into that i mean i can't focus on anything else like it takes all my effort to try and do that um whereas i think a lot of my other friends especially comedians that are very good joke writers i i don't know whether they have to you know it kind of comes not comes i mean they work hard at it but they're also very smart like Artie's very smart like not just his references and what comes off his cuff but like that he knows political stuff he obviously knows sports but he knows names, and when he's talking, I have no idea who he's talking about a lot of times because it's just stuff I don't know. And, you know, I'm not even allowed to talk to Sarah about uh, news or politics because she thinks I'm an idiot. But, you know, so so many people have called me an idiot. <laughs> I just assume I am. Uh, certainly, I have a knowledge of Superman two, the director's cut, which is one of the greatest movies ever made, and Notting Hill, but I'm not sure how that's going to help. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, book-wise, I mean, if that's how we're all judged, I'm a genuine idiot. My SAT scores were so low, my niece is like, but I don't understand that how you could have gotten into college. And it makes sense. I had half of 1,600. I got an 800. That's like the worst score. You get 200 points for putting your name on the paper. So, I mean, I... According to standardized testing, I'm a genuine idiot. And I mean, I definitely studied. So it's like whatever my parents were saying, like, no, you're smart. You just don't apply yourself. I don't know. I really studied hard for that test. I wanted to do well. I wanted to get into a good college. Sure, I had other things in my mind, but so does everybody else. But anyway, I don't know where we jumped off topic on that, but... uh, I've been very uptight because, uh, you know, I canceled The Godfather to November 15th. It's making me very – I feel much better now. I feel, After uh, Lenny's wedding on Sunday and the roller derby Saturday, I think I can relax for a little bit. Uh, we don't have another football show till November 30th. So that gives me time. I've been very, very uptight, very uptight, very angry at work, very uh, cross. Uh, I don't want to talk to people because I'm very uptight about canceling The Godfather. You know, we had a very good flow every three months, every three months. And then I stopped it because I'm waiting for Susie Esmond, and the worst part is, I wouldn't mind stopping it waiting for Susie, but we still don't know if she's available. We're talking about February 7th. she still doesn't know her schedule, and she won't know until November. And then I might be screwed again, and I don't want to postpone it anymore. I'm mad that I had to postpone it. I'm glad I'm doing something in between because I mean, it's so much fun to do shows between Thanksgiving and Christmas and this time of the year. You know, doing stuff in February kind of sucks. Doing stuff this time of the year is the best. And, um, you know, we're still doing the Christmas carol December 20th, and then I think I'm going to have a Christmas party afterwards at the club. I was talking to the owner. He goes, that's a great idea. And then Liz, the manager, was just like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to put that together. She probably hates me. I understand that. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I mean, this time of the year is kind of great. It's like you kind of hate when people, I mean, It's weird that Lenny scheduled a wedding. Lenny, Marcus, who loves sports. But let's just say he doesn't love sports. He's a smart guy. He knows girls don't care for sports. He works for the New York Giants. He works for the New York Giants. So he scheduled a date where the Giants are playing away in London, very far away, at 9.30 in the morning. So he can the wedding scheduled for 4 o'clock on a Sunday so he can actually watch the entire Giants game, and then do the wedding. And his wife, of course, is okay with that. I mean, he works for the New York Giants. So that is when a wife, I, unless you're marrying the complete wrong girl, if his wife didn't understand, you can't let the Giants come to the way of a wedding. He works for the fucking Giants. to get paid. This is his job for the past 20 years. Then he's marrying the wrong girl. But he's marrying the right girl. He gets it. But then you have to question, well, why did they have to get married during football season? He's already like 50. You couldn't wait until March? You know what I mean? But it is great to be married in the fall, I think. You know, everything's good in the fall. Uh, the weather's kind of great. So it's kind of good, but... You know, because then what do you do? June? Like, you know, is Lenny a June bride? Is that what it is? So I guess um, I guess that's their plan. It's just funny when a guy's like a sports guy and he works in football in particular. You know, why get married in, during football season? So it's a, it's a little strange, but... It's a little fun. Anyway, we had Lenny's Bachelor Party on Monday night, you know, which I was very uptight about because I knew we were doing the show on Tuesday. I was so uptight, I didn't have an opening act. Uh fortunately at the Bachelor Party was this guy, Ryan Hamilton, who's a wonderful comic, and he opened the show and then came on stage with us later. I remember I was very worried that we weren't gonna have a girl on because Rachel was on last time because when I look at the video, I'm like, Oh my god, we're disgusting, you know. I mean I look thin because Artie's there. Um, but you know, it's three kind of repulsive dudes. And then we had Rachel on and it kind of looked better. So we just bought that girl, Sophia, on stage, which was the smart move. And then she left and then Ryan came up and we just had some fun with him. And he was really great. He's going to be, if you don't know who he is, you're going to hear about him. He's, you know, one of those upcoming guys like Sam morell, people like that. And a great guy. So he was at Lenny's Bachelor. Lenny's Bachelor party was on a Monday. Well, there you know there's a guy that doesn't drink, <laughs> you know, which he doesn't. And it was at this restaurant called The Palm, which really is a bag of shit, you know, You know, we were supposed to have a steak dinner. Well, you know me. I'm all about Wolfgang's. That's the best steak that there is. And everything else is subpar. And this place was subpar and overrated. Their steak sucked. And I don't know. That place sucked. Uh, This guy, Neil, picked it. I don't know what this guy, Neil's, problem is. That's why Lenny didn't have a best man. I think he thinks his friends are idiots. I would have been a better best man for him. Because as soon as I got there, he goes, Jessica, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you." Because I came fifteen minutes late because I had to work till eight. Everybody was already there. It was very surprising, you know. Everybody was on time, and uh, they were like, "Just, should we get strippers? Should we get hookers and strippers? Should we get strippers?" I'm like, "I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, why didn't you plan that ahead of time? Uh, secondly, I, I don't think that's Lenny's cup of tea. You know, I don't. Uh, do you know that's what he wants? He, he doesn't seem, you know. Again, somebody that wants to have a bachelor party on a Monday night doesn't seem like." You should probably have planned it better. He goes, no, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. That's what will make it so funny. I'm like, you know, he's not 22. This is a 50-year-old 50, 50 man we're talking about. I, you know, if he doesn't want to do it, don't do it. You're like the worst. Uh, I don't know what you are. I, I thought he was his best man, but he's not having a best man, and I guess for this reason, because all of his friends are looking around the table. They're idiots. But a good group of guys, uh, Vinnie Brand was there who runs the Stress Factory, uh, Vic Henley. It was always fun. Dave talks like this because he he's from Alabama and he do not you know, and he's like, just I got to tell you, I mean, that wedding's going to be a good time. I hope my ex doesn't show up. And he really talks like that. He really honestly talks like that. He was adamant about not having the strippers. And I don't know w- whether it was like his religious beliefs, which doesn't make a lick of sense, or he really knew Lenny wouldn't want them. So he was like, that a bit. I didn't care. I, I really didn't. I mean, I don't want it either because it's just. While you're eating, it's a pain. It was a small room. I don't know. And he goes, "No, that's going to be funny too." She won't know where to go. And I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot." I was just getting angry and angry at this guy. He was getting drunk. He was becoming unruly. And this is the guy that planned the fucking thing, you know? Again, 22. I get it. 52. You're an idiot. So we just ordered and he, he didn't know how to order. Like you know, um, when I planned uh, my friend Lawrence's bachelor party, I got to say, f- for a person that didn't want any of the usual bachelor party stuff, but wanted or knew we had to do the bachelor party experience because we're old fashioned, we're men, we've seen movies, uh, but didn't want all the nonsense. I really believe I planned the perfect bachelor party for my best friend who, you know, I know better than anybody And, um, and I know what he wants. I know what will make him happy, uh, where it, whether it's uh, financially or what people can handle and what we're going to do. And it's so funny because it came up that night that I was like, boy, I really got lucky. And I'll tell you why. Let me tell you what I did. I don't know if I ever mentioned this before. This is about seven, eight years ago maybe. Could it be 10 already? I don't know. Uh, we started at a steakhouse. And I invited his father, uh, my brother-in-law, everybody. You know, I didn't care. Uh, his father, his no, not his father, his father in law sucks. Um uh but you know, every his you know, our neighbors from back home, everybody he wanted. I knew who to invite. And we had it, and I said, let's go to the South Street Seaport. Everybody's always in Midtown. We're definitely not going to Atlantic City. I know he doesn't want to do that. Well, our friend Stephen Weinberg, we went to Atlantic City. We knew we were going to Atlantic City. In fact, this kid, Steve Weinberg, is such a living legend in a way. When he got married just Lawrence Comey goes, by the way, the bachelor party is March 3rd through the <laughs> through through the fifth. Uh, you know, we knew it was going to be in Atlantic City. So, uh, oh, also, by the way. Um, oh, I can't tell you that story. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so we go. Um, so we say, let's go to South Street Seaport. None of us ever hang out there. I go to this place called Mark Joseph Steakhouse. I find a steakhouse down there. It was perfect. And what ha- I told my brother, I'm not good at this. So I delegated my brother-in-law, order for the table. You know, I mean, get what everybody makes sure that what they want. But, you know, you order the sides. and uh, You order, with the, you know, order the wine. Because he's good at that. So if I, And I'm not. So I delegated a guy to take care of it. He did a great job. A great job. And anything he didn't get, I'm like, oh, get this too. But at least he could tell the guy, you know, and he was perfect. And we had a great time. And uh, I remember, I think I bought um, like a bunch of coke, and I put it in vials, like for everybody to to, sh- you know, to give out. To like, I really had a plan out, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then after that, we smoked some cigars, and then we went to get tattoos, but just because we're gay, <laughs> henna tattoos, so they come off. Uh, but there was, a, I knew there was a tattoo place, and like I walked around to find stuff to do like a month before. And there was a henna tattoo place. And we all got tattoos, uh, whether it's on our chest or our arms. It didn't matter. We could have big ones because uh, they come off in three days. It was perfect. And all the guys that were married came home like, did you get a tattoo? Hey, it's a bachelor party. You, know, you can play it off for a couple of times. And then, of course, it, it wipes off, which was perfect. Uh, so that was super fun, you know. And then down where the World Trade Center fell, uh, there was a still one old fashioned strip club left called the Pussycat Lounge, which was there, you know, after the World Trade Center blew up. Um, I remembered it and I'm like, that's perfect. We'll just walk in to the strip club, you know, look at some of the girls, have a drink. Uh we ended up getting left, but it's one of those last places they don't bother you. There's not a fifty thousand dollar cover charge. And we just went in so we could acknowledge the stripper presence because it's a bachelor party. And Lawrence and I got lap dances in the back, which we hate. But he knew and I knew we got to do the social protocol. Everybody else will be disappointed. But it was easy. We were really in and out in a half hour. Then that's where I got a little, all right, now what? You know, like uh, that's like, uh, like when I was in London with Darren, Like, all right, what are we going to do Sunday after 5? I'm a little sketchy there. So I said, all right, we'll go up to the comedy cellar and we'll go – see a tell, or talk to him. I'll I'll figure something out, you know, which makes me very nervous. And it's very difficult being the social director of the evening. So we go up to the cellar and as luck would have it, and this is amazing, we're at the cellar, we're drinking, we're having a good time. And as luck would have it, and this is what I was telling the guys at the patch party, I just got lucky. My friend Marina, Marina Franklin, uh, who had a, a show right after the football show last night and then a dance party afterwards for her black podcast, uh, Friends Like Us, or whatever. I'm not allowed to be on it, of course, because I'm uh, too racist. Uh, which would be funny, of course, because those girls will really rip me a new asshole. So I don't know why she wouldn't want me on. there. <laughs> I figure those girls would just love to just, you know, rip. I, I like when I, I... It's a dream come true when you're Jewish to play the white guy. You know, I'm doing the quotes. Uh, you know, what's better than, you know, being considered white instead of Jewy? Um, so, so she... Um, At this, the the bachelor party, I see her, and go, as luck would have it, and she had a friend with her, this very beautiful black girl, huge tits, huge fake tits, beautiful face, and great hair, and she apparently, we didn't know this, found out later, was an ex-stripper trying to be a comedian. So we were all surrounding her. It was perfect, and she was nothing but delightful, and then Marina totally hooked us up. We went to the big black pussycat across the street, and she got us our own area, which is upstairs, where we could just hang out the rest of the night for like the next three hours and just drink and do drugs and hang out, and, and that girl was with us. It was perfect. It was exactly, it was a, just a stroke of luck. And I've never seen that girl. I was talking to Marina about it last night. I'm like, I've never seen that girl before. I've never seen her since. And I was telling them, you know, the guys at the, the bachelor party on Monday, I'm like, well, I got lucky because this girl just showed up who used to be a stripper and hung out with us all night. And it was perfect. And, it, and, and the, the, the key for me was to keep him so you get out and the sun is rising. And that's exactly what happened. Sun's rising. I've done my job as the best man throwing the bachelor party. It was perfect. Uh, it, that, that was a great night. But Lenny just, you know, he didn't want that. He just wanted the dinner, and then he wanted to go home. And that's what happened. And thank God, I swear to God, I did not want to go out. You know, I had the show the next day. I know Lenny had my show the next day, so I didn't want him to be late. But he doesn't drink, so I don't have to worry, but still. Um, and it's so funny. I actually had cappuccino at the end because I wasn't sure what was happening, and I didn't want to be a party pooper, and I'm trying to be because, ne- you know, Lenny's doing my show, and he invited me the way, I'm trying to do the right thing. And so then I was wired. That's why Marina and I talked for like two hours. I told the story. I'm like, yeah, do you remember when you bought that? And uh, we talked for two hours because I was so wired up. And then I talked to Attell a half hour after. By the way, he said the funniest thing. So many times he's on the phone, he says the funniest thing, and I forget it. I remembered it this time. Do you remember the episode of the podcast uh, where I think I called it Chekhov's Boner? And it was the guy, the original Chekhov. um, What's his name? I always think of Pavel. No, Pavel Chekhov's his the name he plays on Star Trek. It's um oh it doesn't matter. God damn it! It's it's bothering me now that I can't remember. But the original Chekhov, Walter Koenig, uh or Koenig, however you pronounce, they all pronounce it differently. Like George Takei is no, it's not. It's, it's not George Takei. It's George Takei. Um, that guy whose son killed himself. Remember we we were talking about because he was on growing pains and he killed himself. And tell goes. Well, I mean, his father told him not to go out in that red neck, you know. <laughs> like, No, don't go out in that. Everybody gets killed in that. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, he was calling because he was watching that documentary on uh, Netflix, I guess, about that Spock's son made of him. I think it's called For the Love of Spock. And it's obviously a kid who was just very angry that his father was um, like he loved his father. But he's like, you know. Uh, he was never around. He was always shooting Star Trek. Oh, boo-hoo. And me and I tell her, like, well, um, we're glad our fathers were never around selling ladies' lingerie, you fucking spoiled piece of shit. Oh, sorry your dad was on Star Trek and Mission Impossible. Oh, we're so sorry your dad directed Star Trek 3, 4, and Three Men and a Baby. And then I reminded her to tell them, like, don't you remember you also directed that Gene Wilder one we talked about Funny About Love, and we watched him direct it, and, he had totally forgotten the story. He doesn't remember me, him, and my sister. We saw Gene Wilder running by. That was directed by Leonard Nimoy as well. But um, so anyway, the, especially uh, what I was saying is like I'm so grateful that Lenny and Artie are doing this. You know, this, these Tuesday shows, even though next week's a, next time's a Wednesday. That so Artie, I took after the show. I went to the cellar. And then I sitting there and the people from the kicker, the people that shoot the show on Facebook, um, were around I said, let's go for a drink. We went to the place, we had one drink, then they left. And then all of a sudden, I'm with Memo and, and I start getting texts like, so you guys ready for tonight? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, apparently, I don't, you know, Dan's been trying to get me, Artie and Russ to go back. You know, we go, the four of us are the comedians and we, that's one of the podcasts we do. And they want to do it once a month. I'm always up for it, obviously. Uh but we just couldn't work out of time and Russ is having trouble with his father and we were supposed to do it Thursday. Then they're like, let's do it tonight. And I'm like, What? I'm already drunk, you know, already did the show. But because Artie's doing my show, I feel, you know, I want to help out and I wanna do whatever I can. So I'm like, All right. You know, I'm nervous, I got work in the morning, but I'm like, whatever. Plus we're going to the dance party and and then I talk to a and he goes, Yeah, just come to my house at midnight. We'll get there. I'm like, Midnight? Come to your house at midnight? That means going to a house at midnight. Then driving to Hoboken, I mean, I wasn't going to get home till 6, 7 in the morning, and that made me very uncomfortable, but I was willing to do it. But then it got worse and worse. Like, there was no decision. And Natal has been editing this thing, so he was like, eh. Like, we were all, like, kind of pissed because we don't want the impromptu. We want a day or two notice. And I was just upset because it was at midnight. Uh, so I went to Marina's dance party, and I was just like, oh, this is horrible, and... Me and were sitting down, and then Artie's like, "Oh, um, I'll pick you guys up." And I'm like, "All right, I'm at the cellar." And then, and then, ten minutes later, he writes, "Uh, can you just Uber out here? I'll pay for it." And I'm like, "Well, how will you pay for an Uber? Do you just tell them where I'm located? I don't know how that works when somebody else pays for it, you know, unless you're." And I, I know he doesn't know how it works, so I don't know how that's gonna work. And I, I'm not trying to be cheap, but I mean, I have a car. I just didn't feel like going to the garage and. Uber's expensive to go to Jersey. And why should I you know, I don't want to be rude, but I, you know, why why should I I mean that's the funny thing. It's like there are three of us that are here. Artie should, you know, the Dan and Artie should kind of remote up and maybe do it at you know, either a Tell's house or maybe at the cellar or something, you know. I mean, that, that sounds like a good idea. Uh the three of us have to travel to Hoboken And again, not a problem. We love it there. Um and then um then he's like, no, uh, everybody will meet at a tells at midnight and then all of a sudden, thank God, it was like 1145 and he goes, Hey guys, I need more time. Uh, let's just cancel tonight. And then Russ and Art, just like, Russ and I tell like, what? It was like, what a mess, you know, what a three hour mess that was just to cancel anyway. But I was in a great mood. I just, you know, I, I love doing the podcast. I just didn't want to go to Hoboken that night. I didn't want to get home at seven in the morning. Um, so then I had a couple more drinks. I was dancing. I was having such a, I was in such a good mood then cause I could go home at any moment uh, then I ordered, like, 20 chicken wings. I, uh, I was so relieved, just relieved. But you know I love doing Artie's show. It's the best. Um, although the last time, <sighs> the last time Dan asked if I could do it, I said, well, is there any way, you know, I, you know, can you do it? He wanted to do two shows. I'm like, well, can I be on the early show? And he's like, yeah, we could do it at 7.30. I'm like, that would be great, because I get to work at 6. That's perfect. So I took that girl Leah home from, tommy bahamas we took the boat together it was really nice And i walked her home i picked up her laundry it's so funny i felt you know i like jersey so i felt so comfortable at hoboken unlike when i go to like a store or somewhere after work and i'm like this place is dirty and gross where hoboken is nice and clean and feels friendlier so i felt like i was living this i was like you know what i could probably live here maybe if the, the boat is so easy, so easy, but trying to get anywhere after you get, you know, it leaves you on 12th Avenue is a little more difficult. I mean, obviously I could take the city bike, but then what do you do in the winter, you know, or carrying stuff? But, um, and then I got to Artie's exactly on time, 7.30. I don't know why. We didn't start till 10.30. I was trying to catch the last boat out. I don't know what he was doing. He was sleeping. I took a nap. 10.30. Three hours I was waiting at his house. That's that's not nice. Um, you know, uh, I know usually I'm going to be there. I'm going to wait 45 minutes to an hour, but three hours—that's pretty bad. Uh, I don't mind. I mean, thank God there was TV on. You know, the football game was on, the baseball game was on, so there was stuff to watch. But I, I fell asleep. Um, but that—that's—that's that's a lot to ask if you you know have guests over and. You know, Mario Bosco was on. I don't want to talk to that guy. I mean, I, I like talking to him on the show, but I don't like, so I, like, we were in the lobby. They wouldn't even let us up at first. And Mario's just talking about show business and his career, and I'm like, this this stinks. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, he's just complaining all the time. It's really annoying. I'm like, can not talk about anything else? I was with my friend Sharon Houston last night. She's like, I know you're mad at me, and I'm like, do you know why? She goes, yeah, because I wouldn't suck your dick the other night. That's what she said. I go, no, you have it completely backwards. I'm mad at you because you don't, Say, you know, I get texts from Mattel and Jeff Ross and said so I get texts from boy friends and Artie the next day after we go out for dinner or somebody pays and you say, thanks a lot for dinner. I picked you up from the airport and then another time I bought you dinner and you never texted the next day and said, thank you. That's all I'm asking. You know, it's like, it's just rude. Let alone, oh my God, the constant complaining about the business. She says she hates the business, but clearly she loves it. All she does is talk about it 24 hours a day. And then she's like, you don't understand. It just hasn't worked out for me. It's very difficult. I pitch a lot of shows. I've been working my ass off. I'm like, what are you telling me this? You're fucking telling me I've been at a fucking corporate job for 20 years. You think that's the way I planned it? I was getting really upset about that. I just said, the reason I'm upset with you is because you're not a polite person. And I don't like that. Even Memo was like, yeah, she was just like, you know, I don't really like New York. I'm itching to get back to L.A. Because when I walk into her room, like nobody knows me here, you know, and I'm like, yeah, because you, you suck. I think the reason she doesn't have jobs is because her attitude, just like Kevin Brennan, it's the exact same thing. Now, that would be an interesting match. Since Lenny left the show, him and Sharon Houston, I mean, Jesus Christ, all they could do is complain about the business together. It's not a bad match. Maybe I'll hook that up. That's something I can, I don't mind hooking up for her. Then I got a call from Murphy. Esther Koo tweeted and said, hey, tell JustGow I just made out with Steve Agee. Steve Agee is uh, uh, the friend I'm on um the HBO crashing show with. Um, You know, you've seen him before. He always plays a homeless guy. He's a new girl. He used to, he played the gay guy in Sarah's, next door neighbor in Sarah's show for three seasons with Brian Posehn. She's like, yeah, tell Just got made out with Steve Agee. It was in the script. We had to do it. And I'm I'm like, "What, what is he telling you that for? She's like, what did he say? And I'm like, well, I haven't told him yet. And I talked to Steve Agee today because I I really didn't believe her. And he was like, no, it's true. We were forced to. It was funny because both of them were like, we were forced to. And I told him I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous. But uh, that's a pretty good deal for Steve. I guess. I don't know what it is. Some indie film. I think shooting in Dayton. Good times. Esther Koo. Back in our lives. I really want to do the podcast with her i mean we gotta hash it out see what her story is of course Fist, in. fist in. Everybody's feeling are every fist in. All right. Oh my God. Remember that one? Remember that classic? <laughs> she did a periscope the other day where she was singing another Rod Stewart's. Well, this isn't Rod Stewart, but I remember he did a version of Twisted, and then I was kind of interesting. She did Some Guys Have All the Luck, and she was just singing it while she was cooking. It had like 300,000 views. I'm obviously always going to be fascinated by something like that. Anyway, uh, Saturday I went to this, uh, uh, somebody from work in the accounting department, a bunch of Filipinos, this woman back in in my old hometown of Edison, New Jersey, the Pines Manor, you know, where a junior prom was. uh, Her and her whole family had a, a 65th birthday party and they asked me to perform and be the MC. And I'm always horrible in those situations. You know, they think I'm funny at work, but I'm, I'm not that funny. I'm never prepared. I mean, I tried to prepare, but I don't know. But I guess I was okay enough. I was pretty much making fun of my friend Joe, who didn't wear ties. I just made fun of that. But they all thought I was her boss, which was hilarious because I was the only white person there, along with Joe, who is actually her boss, which is extra funny. And I was like, oh, I should have just told everybody I was your boss. And they would have laughed a little harder. But it was really funny. Like, your boss is so funny. And again, playing the white guy. Last night when I was at that the the black dance party, uh, you know, I was dressed in a suit, like Sharon was just like you look like you're in the mafia. And I'm like, uh, thank you. you know, clearly, just again playing the white guy. It's like a dream come true for a Jew when you can actually play the white guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've had to dress up in like a jacket for the last three days, like a suit for the the thing, and I'll be wearing the same to Lenny's wedding. And then just like a blazer for the bachelor party, which nobody dressed up for. I thought that's what you do for a bachelor party. You dress, you put on a blazer. There were like only two of us there, me and Vinny. Because we're professional men. We know how it did. is. Lenny didn't even dress up. I don't understand it. You just, I don't know. I guess my mother's just, you know, what are you going to do? What are you doing? You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't understand dressing up. You know, you're going to be on TV or, but you know, it's Facebook live. You, you don't want to dress up a little bit. Put on a blazer. Put on a blazer. I just want to look like Frank Santa Padre. That guy's the most, uh, best dressed man I've ever seen. Always wearing a blazer. I've told you this before since 1988. Always wearing a blazer. And if I'm known as the guy that's always wearing a blazer, well, good. Good. I'm glad. Anyway, this party was hilarious because it was, um, some Muslim people, some Filipino. I took a picture that I was in a slideshow with, um, my friend Farid and his wife who dresses in the burqa. I think that's what it is. I have to like ask them, like, am I going to hug you or whatever? Because it's just so fucking terrifying. They're nothing but nice people, but, you know, (laughs) it's just scary. You know, we know they're nice, but what are you going to do? So I think I've actually made a decision about the campaign and it came in the funniest way or the strangest way. I think I'm going to go Hillary, and here's why, unless the. debate tonight somehow changes my mind i I was leaning towards trump all this time which annoyed most of my friends and um i'm just seeing if i pressed record (laughs) i now i have a little piece of tape that says press record um i was getting a box of joe for the tailgate on sunday which was an awesome tailgate by the way for the giants ravens game awesome tailgate And I was in the Dunkin' Donuts around 7.30 in the morning. They had CNN on. And they were showing a clip from Saturday Night Live the night before. Now that I've seen it, the sketch was hilarious. And it was about, they were back in front of the second debate where Donald's looming over Hillary. And they're pretending he's a shark and he just keeps scaring her, which was really funny and not evil in any way. And they were just having some fun. And... Trump uh, tweeted and said, this show is old. It's not funny. It should be retired. It's, um, it's not a good show. It's stupid. And I'm like, and he's like, Alec Baldwin's horrible, horrible actor. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, wait a minute. This is the guy that a year ago tweeted, the energy's so hot at Saturday Night Live. Great cast. Great time. I'm like, not only is it two-faced. And I know there's a bunch of stuff he's been two-faced about. And it hadn't bothered me until for some reason, this point. But then he goes, um, but I'm like, wait, you, that, they didn't even do anything that was detrimental to you. And you can't take that, that sketch out of everything that they've done, even on the news and all that stuff. Like I'm saying, the weekend update, this is the one that's bothering you. You can't take it. I want to vote for a candidate that goes, very funny sketch on SNL last night. A guy that, if he can't take, and if you see this sketch, there's nothing in it that's really detrimental towards Donald Trump, but if he can't take a, a, a very minor ribbing of just the joke, was just the way he was looming behind her, which we all noticed, which was hilarious, then God forbid, God forbid, one of those other countries, you know, just... Uh, Says something, you know, whatever. I mean, this is ridiculous to get that. I mean, that's I just keep saying, can you imagine when Gerald Ford got angry? Like, because Chevy Chase, I mean, Chevy Chase treated him like a bumbling idiot doofus. And they ended up playing golf together years later. I, I just I it's that bothered me. If he has that thin of skin. I don't know. Unless something happens tonight in this final debate that that changes my mind, I I think I got to go the other way. I mean that's not cool. I want a candidate that says great job last night. Just I mean Artie was ripping me a new asshole last night, and I went with the flow because let alone it's hilarious, making fun of the show, making fun of me, making fun of the the audience. I don't know, you know. Um, Dave, what time can the audience leave? <laughs> um, you know, I mean we I don't know why that was the one. It just uh I don't know, you know, obviously I was thinking of the Muslim thing again and it was like, well, that's why people are voting for you know, they've always said that's why people are gonna vote for Trump. Uh you know, it's gonna be so fascinating. It's gonna you know, in a way, I'm almost glad I cancelled that November fifteenth. show. I think people if Donald Trump does become president, I think people are still going to be in, like, a state of shock. I don't think they would be able to handle uh, leaving the House. That's why they told me not to have it the week after, even after the election day. We waited two weeks uh, just in case. Or is that the next? Oh, that is the next week, I think it is. Anyway, it's canceled. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, last Monday, I remember this Monday I had to cancel Wings again because I had to do the bachelor party. It was the right thing to do. But I I you know, I... I went two Mondays ago. I was so happy to be there. So happy to just do the routine. Those wings are so good. And we found out that the girls that we like there um, scammed us. And they told us, like, on Mondays, you were always able to get uh, 10 wings for 50 cents. And then they raised the price 75. I don't care. You get 10 wings. But on Mondays, you can split them up. So you can get five and five. And she said, when we first got there this year, she goes, oh, we don't do that anymore. And I'm like, why? like, I don't know. They stopped doing it. Apparently, she was lying because we sat at the bar this time, which we've never done because they had the stupid Cubs game on in the back. You know, we go there for Monday Night Football. So they only had it playing at the bar. So we sat at the bar and the bartender was like, oh, we hate that we can't do the five and five. That's what you goes. What are you talking about? Of course, you can do that. Oh, when do we get a hold of these girls? What's that all about? I think they just didn't want to do the work. I mean, it is annoying. You know, we said they were like, okay, like uh, Elaine at the Soup Nazi. Um, I'm going to have 10 medium and then another plate of 10, but I'd like them split up five hot and five garlic parmesan. That's what I usually have. Although at the beginning of the season, I just have 20 medium. And then Chris goes, okay, I'm going to have 10 mild, five barbecue, and five garlic promise you, you can see yeah, that is really fucking. She's probably just like, "I hate these old men, they're really getting on my nerves uh you know, I asked the uh, the these twin girls you know that are in the discovery truck commercial to do Sophia's job um they couldn't make it, oh, but thank God I found this Sophia. I found it through Jeff Ross. How do you like that um You know, uh, at some point, and not today, I don't feel like doing it. I mean, I want to get through uh, the Tuesday uh, TV shows and stuff, but I just wanted to talk about the ratings. Everybody's up in arms about football, about the football ratings. They're on, like, this massive decline that they haven't seen in a long time, and they're all panicking. The ratings for the Sunday Colts-Texans game were the smallest audience for a Sunday night football game in five years, down from 18 million viewers the week before. Now, they are blaming it a lot on the debate. Remember the debate? One of them was a Sunday night with the Giants-Packers. So that definitely takes away. And then one was on a Monday night, during Monday Night Football. So it's going to, you know. But, you know, uh, I think they're thinking there's a lot. Those are just two days. But it's been in a major decline. Um. They say, this is interesting, the debates represent just the biggest of several suspected factors. They, they had a meeting about this this week when all the NFL owners got together. Tom Brady served four games in Deflategate Jail. That could have caused some ratings decline. Peyton Manning retiring. Makes a lot of sense. But here's the big factor, and it's so obvious. The younger generation is increasingly watching games or clips streamed to mobile devices. Uh, Too many penalties, unappealing primetime matchups, too many too many primetime matchups. Uh, But the basic plot is viewers are simply unplugging. Remember, the only reason I still have any kind of cable is for live sporting events. Once live sporting events go the way of, of Twitter or anything else, I cannot wait to get rid of fucking cable. We all have Netflix now. Uh, we all have different ways to watch parts. Now, if they don't see that the Red Zone channel is the greatest channel of all time, if they don't get that this is where the problem lies, why don't? Why are people unplugging? Nobody wants to see commercials anymore. You can't tell that people are willing to pay money, eight to nine dollars a month, so there's no commercials. And all you do is have commercials. And you I've told you, I can't sit and watch my my favorite team, the Jets. Oh God. But let's just say that they were doing better. I can't sit unless I'm at a bar and watch a full Jets game because the commercials drive me insane. You are talking about, let's say the Jets score a touchdown, they score the touchdown. And then they basically go instantly to commercial. You see one replay. You don't even get to see and celebrate for a while. You go to commercial, takes away from your celebration because it's ruining the moment. Exhibit A. Exhibit B, you come back. They they kick the ball. The guy catches it or runs it to wherever he's running it to. They cut to a commercial. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a turnover on downs. They cut to a commercial. There, there's just... You remember... Even though I love football, and we all seem to love football, the sport's kind of stupid. <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of waiting around. It's not like baseball, but there's not, you know, there's action, then no action, then action, then no action. A lot of waiting around, a lot of fucking penalties. Just like they're saying, yes, those are all factors, and here's the biggest one of all that they don't get. Um, there's one of them. The, the the major factor I would say is people cutting the court and the commercials. So. Are you kidding? Red Zone is the greatest channel of all time. There are no commercials. Why wouldn't everybody want to watch football that way? If you have the opportunity to watch every game at once and you don't have to go back and forth and they're just going to cut to the highlights of the game, why wouldn't you just want that? Who's watching regular games anymore? I mean... If you're a Cleveland fan, are you sitting there watching a full Browns game with commercials? If you're a Rams fan, are you doing? I mean, even if you're good, maybe the Patriots sit and watch the full games. But why? And let's just say the Patriots are on a lot of primetime stuff. So that means what are they watching then? Who wants to watch the Detroit Lions play the Bears here in this town? Uh, You know, that's what they're showing on Fox if the Jets and Giants aren't playing or something. The Red Zone channel is the greatest channel. And, of course, everybody's tuning away because it sucks. Here's an interesting problem, too. Gambling. There clearly has been a society shift as far as how people view gambling. This is what Roger Goodell has been saying. We are still very much opposed to legalized gambling on sports. We think that has an impact on the integrity of our game. Well, let me tell you something, Goodell, you piece of shit. The integrity of your game was lost a long time ago with your stupid contracts and your stupid all the nonsense and your nonstop commercials and all that kind of shit. You can't touch a fucking quarterback anymore. The integrity's over, just like with baseball with the steroids. The integrity of the game is over. So recognize gambling recognize that, I mean, ESPN is sitting there telling we know there are spreads. Al Michaels every Sunday says there are people in Vegas getting very nervous right now because he's acknowledging the spreads and everybody gambles on football. Are you telling me they don't think anybody gambles on the Super Bowl? If they're not willing to acknowledge gambling as why their sport is so popular, then they'll never get it right. You have to acknowledge it. They specifically say we're not we're still we're not acknowledging it. If you don't acknowledge it, you're not acknowledging what's going on. If you're just gonna stick with the way you keep doing your shows and then add on Thursday games, I, I was, people like the Sundays. It's Sundays. It was exciting. You look forward to it. Sundays and one on Monday night. And now yes, they have ruined the integrity of the game. By now having a Thursday night game. Football was supposed to be like Christmas that comes every Sunday during this time of the year. And they're ruining it. And they don't seem to get it. And it seems like it's so obvious. It's right in front of them. They're so panicked. The stupid ratings. So look at the ratings this week or last week. Uh, Sunday night football got beat by a lot. By the OT on Fox, which is the after show that might have been a run over game. So they just, their Sunday afternoon game, which was seven o'clock, not even after eight o'clock, whatever that game that was, I don't remember what they were showing here. Whatever the national game was, it beat Sunday night football. Now, the Colts and the Texans, that's not a great game. But the, the, the run over, the OT, that, that starts at 7.45, which means for the first 15 minutes, beat Sunday night football, and they got a 5.5 Sunday night football and got a 4.9. Remember last year, wasn't it getting sevens, right? That's a dramatic change. And that game wasn't good until the very end. And God, what a nightmare that was. All I needed the Colts was to score a field goal in overtime. I would have won 200 bucks. Following that was Thursday night football. And that's Broncos Chargers, so that's a pretty good one. So 1, 2, 3 is all football. So what the fuck are they really complaining about? Yeah, the numbers are drawing, but still 1, 2, 3, then Empire. And Empire, but not, it's, I mean, it's catching up, 3.5. Thursday Night Football, 4.7. And that's the other thing, Thursday Night Football. Sometimes on CBS. Sometimes it's on the NFL Network. Then it's going to switch to NBC. You keep doing that, yeah, you're going to lose viewers. There's no consistency. You guys are fucking idiots. Big Bang Theory, right after Empire 3.4 right there, and then everything drops. Then, you ready for this? Number six, fucking Simpsons. The Simpsons. A 30-year-old show is number six in the ratings. And you know what? I watched the first episode of the season. It was fantastic. I don't know whether I watched that one, but I have it on tape because I've been liking it again. You know I like it sometimes the shows are on for a long time? Like, I remember Cheers, you know, it's on for 10 years. But I probably skipped season seven, eight, and nine. And then, like, got back on 10, you know, or something like that. It's funny when they're like, wait, the show's still I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Um, After that, The Voice. So that's probably dropped a little. And then Football Night in America, which is their NBC pregame. Then that new show, This Is Us, which we'll talk about another time. It's doing very well. Very well. Then Saturday Night College Football, Ohio State, Wisconsin. That was huge ratings. uh, Number 10 for the week. That was a great game. Came right down to the wire, and Ohio State won. I was glad. I don't care for Wisconsin, but I was watching. You know, as Saturday, I went to that thing, and then I asked uh, Dory if she wanted. You know, she's at Rutgers. I asked her if she wanted to go to the diner after. You know, the, the, the thing I was going to was from twelve to four. I'm like, uh, come on, I'll take you to the diner. She goes, I already ate. And I'm like, you're missing the point all the time. I already ate. I'm like, no, it's the adventure. You're not doing anything. It's a Saturday night. You're gonna come out with your uncle. You're gonna have a. You're gonna have a soup. While your uncle stuffs himself with grilled cheese and a and an egg cream, and she's like, "Egg cream? What's I'm like, "How old are you?" I mean, the way she talks, I think she's eight. But I like seeing her. Uh. So then I went back home, and I remember I was watching. it was um, what the Alabama game. I bet the second half of the Alabama game that they would score twelve points. They scored twenty one. That was the weird bet. I put a hundred bucks. I was like. Yeah, even I was talking to Dory, I'm like, don't you think they'll score like 12 points? They're Alabama, the number one team. She goes, yeah, definitely. That was a strange one. They beat the shit out of Tennessee. Everybody thought it would be a good game, but everybody knew. I mean, that's where college game day was in Wisconsin last week. I had some friends from the office go in there because they all went to Wisconsin. And what a bummer to go, spend all the money, spend all the time you go there, and then they lose at the last second. It was a game. They were right there. They would have upset. Ohio State would have been huge, but Ohio State was able to win at the end. Modern Family, Grey's Anatomy. Isn't that unbelievable, too? Grey's Anatomy, number 13. That stupid show, Kevin, can wait. Survivor. Then that new show, Lethal Weapon. We haven't talked about that. How is that possible? Ugh. Um, It was probably, I assume, one of the ones I thought was going to go. American Housewife, we talked. No, we haven't talked about that yet. Again, we will. The Goldberg Speechless is new. Chicago Fire, Blackish, The Middle. NCI's Thursday night kickoff criminal minds, two broke girls and that new show bull, which again, we just haven't talked about Tuesday yet. I didn't have good feelings about that, but I guess I'd be wrong. So, uh, there was a couple other things I wanted to discuss on our first day back after the hundredth, uh, just have a little podcast amongst ourselves today. And, um, I guess, pick a a format to continue the podcast with. Although, well, this is the format. People are like, what's your podcast about? I'm like, I don't know. Everything. There's always talk about doing a second podcast that, you know, I concentrate on something. Maybe. Maybe after we finish these football shows or something. I don't know. Uh, Belichick. Uh, the other day, I don't know whether you saw it. He uh, threw his tablet in the garbage can. Uh, you know, the NFL has a deal with uh, what are those tablets? Those, um, you know, with Microsoft. The 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 what are they called? Shit, I don't know. Um, surface, and they had it. An, and Belichick threw it away. He said, "I'm not using them anymore." And uh, the cameras captured him doing it. He was just like, "Yeah, I can't. I can't use them. I'll go back to pictures and paper." Which is so funny because. That's just what old people do. You know, he can't work it. And it's so funny. He's just like, after that, I think it was a loss. He's like, no, fuck it. Like the one loss they have. He still so, that's why he wins all the time. He's so angry about one loss that he threw away his tablet. He's like, I'm blaming the tablet and I'm not using it. And it's funny because, you know, me and Lenny, we like using paper. Everybody else uses their phone. They use a tablet. They use a. we like it. We like paper. We like using paper. You know, I'm, I'm reading off paper now. We're old school. Hey, what are you going to do? And the Jets, they stink. But the good news is, I mean, they're they horrible. And I, I, was, uh, I was actually glad. I'm like, they're not going to. I, we were watching a little bit of the game in the uh, bachelor party room. And right at the goal line, right at back. I'm like, he's going to throw an interception. through. right an interception. I mean, was, I mean there was. A, I, I didn't have to say it. But I did say it because, you know, any true Jets fan knew he was going to throw an interception. I mean, They stink. They stink. Ryan Fitzpatrick is an asshole. That's why nobody wanted him. They, they, he blackmailed the Jets into, you know, they couldn't get anybody else. They got a shit bag of quarterbacks that just are, suck. They got all these backups nobody wants to use because they stink. They've picked horribly. And the good news is Woody Johnson's furious, and I'm hoping. I would like to see Todd Bowles get fired because a Jets coach has never been fired midseason, ever. Ever. And you want to see, so make that a precedence. The season is over. You're not going to make the playoffs. So fire the head coach. He's a bag of shit anyway. He doesn't know anything about clock management. This douchebag wants to punt when he's in Pittsburgh, when you're down by 14 with seven minutes left. He's like, no, we'll be able to hold Pittsburgh. Oh, what a douche. Just fire him. He's an asshole. Do something. To get the crowd back in that it looks like you're doing something. So it's good news at least he's angry. He's a horrible owner anyway. Um, Also in Austria, they're finally tearing down Adolf Hitler's old home where he grew up. They're tearing it down because so many neo-Nazis were like stopping by like, hey, this is where uh," they're they're sitting in their car eating a sandwich going like, yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, it all started here. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, we got to tear this down. But they were afraid to tear it down because um, uh, he he was born there in 1889. Uh, They were afraid to tear it down, I mean, to leave it a vacant area because then it's, you know, this committee got together in Austria. They're like, if we leave it a vacant area, then it implies a denial of Austrian history. It's funny. They're just trying to work it out. We have this horrible, horrible history and we're just trying to make it work out. So I think they're going to build it where it's going to be like a, you know, a charity or a government office or something. Because you can't make it an apartment complex or a house. Who's going to want to live there? I mean, you might as well build it over, you know, a burial ground where the Holocaust was. Or like a murder scene. You know, like they could build it in the Amityville Horror House. Uh, you know, it's just as bad. Nobody's going to live there. Well, unless you're a Nazi. But, uh it is funny though, you know, when you think about it. I'd I'd want to see that house. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to Austria, but if I did, for some god knows reason, and somebody said, Do you want to see where Hitler grew up? I would say Yeah and quite frankly, I looked at up online, very nice house. Looked like a very pleasant place to grow up. I don't know how we got so angry. Looked like a very pleasant place to grow up. Um wouldn't you want to see it too? I'm you be a little fascinated. Don't you have to stare at it and be like, "What caused all this? What caused all this?" And then you know it's funny. Every time I think of Hitler, it's you know just the way they depict him on Star Trek and everything. It's like he really was a genius. I mean, you have to just. I mean, you know, you you have all really, really evil man, but an evil genius. That's all I ever think about. I know we've talked about it before. I mean, a guy that looks like that, a guy that looks like the one of the ugliest people I've ever seen, telling all these pretty people, we got to get rid of the ugly people. And they're like, yeah, you're right, ugly guy. So think about it. His oratory skills were clearly brilliant. And then his mind of how he's going to do it and exterminating all these people. Brilliant. Remember, they were meticulous. You know, everything was documented to the letter of who's dying, who they're killing. It was like going to Ellis Island, but better. Like Ellis Island was less organized, letting immigrants in the company to come in from what Hitler was doing than the than the Nazis were. The Nazis were so well organized and Ellis Island wasn't. And that's why they got so far. They were so well organized. I mean, whether Hitler was this unbelievable leader or whether he just chose correctly and knew how to delegate authority, you always have to unfortunately give him props. I mean, it's fascinating. And they talk about it on Star Trek all the time. There's like three episodes where they talk about kind of what a genius he was. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. It, you cannot. I know it's tough to talk about, but you cannot not talk about how smart he was. And, you know, people. You know, people comparing Trump to Hitler. It's so stupid. Donald Trump is not nearly as smart as Hitler was. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He'll never be able to pull off. You know, if he wins this election, it's because people are just, he's just saying shit. You know, he's like, yeah, we're going to fuck all those Muslims up. You know what I'm saying, right? You're going to grab them by the pussy. Oh, my God, you should have seen Artie on the football show. That's all he opened with. He goes, he knew the whole dialogue. We're going to grab him by the pussy, then we're going to take a furniture shopping." You know, I told him I was going to take a furniture shopping. I tried to make a, I tried to make my, my bones with Like, he knew the whole... He knew the dialogue just as well as he knew the Godfather. It was so funny. That's how we opened the whole show. He was just doing that dialogue. I'm going to grab her by the pussy. And he even says... You know, I don't know anybody that talks like that. As we talked about on the show uh, last week. But Donald Trump is too stupid. You don't have to worry about him being Hitler. You don't have to worry about him systematically killing people. He's too stupid. He's dumb. I mean, he's... Is he even smart business-wise? We don't even know. He started with money maybe he's just lucky you know his dad he's just good he has figures but we don't even know but he, hitler was a genius and just very angry donald trump's just angry but he ain't a genius so don't worry everybody if he gets elected we'll be all right and it'll be hilarious hilarious but i guess i'm gonna go hillary I hope everybody's not disappointed. I don't know. Listen, still time. Something can happen. I need him to change my mind. I need him to change my mind tonight in the debate. I just need to, one thing, like this one thing tip me off where I'm like, okay, that's it. He could win me back. I don't know. Now, this is really fucked up. Antonio Reyes. You don't know him. You've never heard of him, even though he sounds like his baseball player. He's not. He's a city councilman in Brooklyn. He's a city councilman in Brooklyn. Antonio Reyes. His address where he lives is 244 Union Avenue in Brooklyn. Why am I giving out his address? We Now, this is a guy we have to stop. Now, if you think Donald Trump is bad, those people who, you know, are nervous about Donald Trump, this guy, Antonio Reyes, needs to be stopped immediately. He's trying to wipe out flushable wipes, you know, those baby wipes that I use in New York City. He's saying they're putting a burden on the city's aging sewer system. Everyone that listens to this podcast know I use wipes. Those Cottonelle wipes, which say they are flushable, they're supposed to work. I cannot live without the wipes. Once you start using them, you cannot go back to regular toilet paper. You can't do it. Your ass can't handle it anymore. It all happened, we've talked about it, across the street. This kid I knew right across the street, he's like, Oh, you gotta try these. They're better than. And that was it. Who doesn't wanna be clean down there? I've told you horrible diarrhea stories. I want wipes. I need them. My sister doesn't use them. Somehow my brother in law talked her out of it. It's very difficult over there. I do the best I can with toilet paper. This guy wants to ban the greatest invention of all time. He has to be stopped doing some research on this guy. First of all, he's very attractive. He's a good-looking black guy. He uh, looks very young. He's one of those do-gooders. He wants to create an environment conducive to better quality of life for residents of Bushwick and Williamsburg and Brooklyn. Well, shut up! He's he getting a little too big for your breeches. Now... The critics say the bill that he wants to stop this will hurt small mom and pop stores in the city that would lose business to internet retailers that sell the wipes. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I already buy off the internet everything anyway. This mom and pop stores is already gone. If you're talking about that, he's going to hurt Dwayne Reed. Who gives a shit? And I don't care if I... I mean, I get a fucking carton of them online. Otherwise, I get them at Sam's Club. So that's not good enough. You're not going to be able to beat this guy by just saying, but it's going to hurt the mom and pop store. There are no more mom and pop stores left. And why would there be a mom and pop store that sells baby wipes? And would a mom and pop store really say, no, don't take away our sale of baby wipes? Because if they're able to stay in business by selling Cottonelle adult flushable wipes, because that's what they're actually called, then we're all in the wrong business. If they're making enough money, a mom and pop operation, by selling adult flushable wipes, then something's completely wrong. Here's the best part. The president of the Association of the Non-Woven Fabrics Industry, first of all, uh, I've never heard of the Non-Woven Fabrics Industry. That must be a a great place to work. But there's a president? The president of the Association of Non-Woven Fabrics Industry. What he says, <laughs> I bet you I could get that job. What do you do for a living? I'm the president of the Association of Nonwoven Fabrics. Huh? You didn't let me finish. I'm the president of the Association of the Nonwoven Fabrics. What? I'm a securities filing specially operated for such a... That's what I tell people, you know. <laughs> this why I said the same thing. I'm the president of the... Did you say you're the president of NAMBLA? That's all I heard when you were saying that. He said the wipes are designed to start degrading as soon as they go down the drain. That's what it says on the bag. I don't think this guy, Antonio Reyes, did his research. And if anybody lives in Brooklyn, please do not vote for him in the next election. This guy's a bag of... Ready? Shit. Hello? How are ya? How are ya? He's a bag of shit. (laughs) Ha ha! It's the journalist Hothan with the stars. Liza Minnelli, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, Paul Lynn, Loretta Stevens, Loretta Young, Wayne Rogers. I'm just coming up with all this top of my head. It's pretty good, huh? Thank you, Ed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Love that Jerry Lewis telethon opening. Hey, that's going to be one of our Big John, Little John favorites. I'm not playing it. The Rocky Hart Picture Show. They're redoing it on Fox. I don't think live, I don't think it's live. They're tomorrow, Halloween, makes sense. First of all, what are you making a remake of Rocky Horror? It's a fucking horrible movie. There's about 20 minutes of excellence in it because the songs are very good. Otherwise, it's a horrible movie that's unwatchable. And the only reason why it ever was watchable was, you know, when you were in the crowd and, and having a great time in the goddamn movie theater, which was the best. So watching it I've watched it a couple times recently when it's been on cable and I'm like it's it's horrible except for a lot of the songs like the meatloaf song and you know we've uh I uh, played that before it's unbelievable on the uh, on the podcast um and uh you know a lot of the good songs uh and and just uh, for the stars that were you know like Susan Sarandon and um uh you know Tim Curry uh you know all those kind of people and um And of course, this is one of the greatest... such a great song but this uh, uh, here's the here's the the problem which I I wonder if they'll address it this girl Laverne Cox who's I guess in Orange is the New Black is playing the Tim Curry role it's a woman for all the politically correct shit that nowadays where, where David Tell is getting booed off stage David Tell is getting booed off stage because these retarded millennials are so uptight and that our whole society has just gone backwards in religious shit. How do you do a remake of a groundbreaking thing that had the lead who was a transvestite in this day and age? The lead was a transvestite, transsexual, a man who was a transsexual, transvestite, I mean, that's the song. How do you have a woman playing this part? It, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Shouldn't it be a guy? Because are women, women, can women be transvestites? Can Isn't it always a man? Sh- shouldn't it? Aren't they doing it wrong? Isn't Caitlyn Jenner going to complain? I- am I getting this incorrect? I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to watch. I gotta watch. I gotta comment on it, right? I love that Victoria Justice. You know, I love Victoria. A horrible actress, but a good singer and cute as a button. Uh, that Adam Curry is gonna play the Meat Meatloaf song. The guy from uh, American Idol. And I don't know. I mean, first of all, again, the the movie, the original movie, just is horrible. So I bet you there'll be twenty minutes of it. And Tim Curry's in it. I I just hope they use him wisely. He's the best, and he's got a lot of uh, again uh, balls. Thank you. Um, I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> uh, let's. Do Thank you, Wadi. But I don't want to talk that much about it. I just, uh, I am, I guess I'll be curious. I'm going to have to watch it, but I really don't want to. If it was live, I probably would. I, I, that last Grease one was really good. <laughs> and same guy, Kenny Ortega, did all the uh, choreography. So, you know, very brilliant. Put it out around Halloween. I wonder why they're not doing it live. I wonder what their point is of remaking these musicals. Oh. I don't know. Uh,. See, was there anything else that we wanted? To, what's happening this weekend? Right, we got Lenny's wedding, I got the roller derby, um, which I'm a little nervous about because I think I asked out one of the girls and then she just kind of um, didn't get back to me, so now it's uh extra embarrassing. I think you know what I'm talking about. And uh, oh, by the way, when I was at the, um, the Filipino party, you know, there was dance, you know, all they do is line dances, Filipinos. It's, it's hilarious but um then they finally played my favorite song which I will not not be on the dance floor floor and I think um everyone knows it as soon as this one plays forget about it and plus I think this is is it is this the one that Rodney Dangerfield dances doing caddy checks So they probably had something to do with it I think it is hey you guys take some more lessons hey what is this the dance of the dead as soon as this song comes out, I'm like, Yeah, what's happening, baby? Oh, I'm ready to dance, I'm ready to boogie. Yeah, let's sing it. Oh, last night I was on the floor, and all the songs they were playing, everybody was singing, you know, all the black people, uh, and uh, I was. Pretending I knew all the words. I don't know how they knew the words. I've never heard any of those songs in my life. It just seemed like DJ music. I'm like, how do you know the words? And they were all older. It wasn't like they were like 22. It wasn't an old man thing. It's just clearly uh, <laughs> just a black thing, I guess. I had no idea what they were playing. But it certainly had a good time. I like dancing. I like boogieing. That's two. That's three times this week I'm going to be dancing. and And I am very, very aware of the white man overbite. Because I go there, and then I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. So I'll do anything to avoid it. I still got a couple of moves, you know, from uh, my old ballet tap days. You know what I'm like, I got a couple of moves I pull out once in a while. Because at the Filipino place, they had a circle, and we all had to, like, get in. And like, yeah, hey, all right. And I did some moves, did some moves. Mostly comedy moves, you know. But whatever it takes to get through a thing where I got to dance. I'm not as uh, festive as I used to be, where I used to really give it my all. Because I sweat too much. Because um, at that um, Hindu wedding I went to, they videotaped. I think they put it on YouTube. Old guy has heart attack on dance floor. <laughs> so uh, stop doing that kind of stuff. But you know, I still like a good dance every once in a while, like a good boogie. Think you know what I'm talking about? How are you? Disco Inferno. So that's that Derby, if you're in the area. Derby at the Matushin Sports Complex, Saturday at 7. I will be doing the announcing. How are you? The Dirty Jersey Roller Derby Girls versus the Hartford Bedrock City Rockers or something. And uh, maybe we could pull out a win. And then I guess we'll go out and drink a little bit because Lenny's thing's not till 4. I was going to stay maybe in Jersey, but I think I'll go back. Everybody everybody wants a ride now. Everybody's like, oh, are you driving there? And I'm like, maybe I'll drive you back. Screw everyone! Nah, they're all nice people. Russ and Marina want to ride. Of course, I'll drive them. But I don't know how many. I I, I, get, I get to get the. To I'm probably gonna have to bring back like ten people. But I'll probably go out early. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Lenny's wedding. That'll be cool. And then I guess. Um, I guess we'll talk next week, huh? Hundred and one podcasts. I hope you had a wonderful time listening. Thank you for being a loyal listener, and we will see you next week. Have a wonderful, continuing, beautiful fall season, everybody, and have a great football Sunday. We'll see you next time.